not in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with Welcome back to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all of our favourite pop culture films and TV shows. I am Chris, and with me as always is my multiverse-hopping, animated pig friend, Sam. (laughs) Welcome to episode 50 of the podcast. Wow. 50? 50 episodes. Half a century. Half a century. We've been doing this for 50 years. (laughs) It's our half anniversary, Chris. (laughs) Nearly done it for halfway to 100 years of podcasting. (laughs) <laughs> we've had nearly a year's worth of episodes but we're not nearly at a year yet we've got another like month and a bit to go because we've done like bonus episodes and stuff haven't yeah, we yeah, yeah, and yeah. bits and bobs here and there but yeah I'm we, we deliver what the people want with we that bonus content over deliver bro over deliver oh, bruh 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 we, we are committed right Shall I, we dive into things? Well, I or just want to got... say up top, mate, that we're actually going to be featuring on the next episode of the Get Real Gaming podcast. We are. We, it's a mad time. We recorded it just before this one. Honestly, I thought it was a pretty great episode. Yeah. It was carnage, but it, it was, was great. It, it, someone, <laughs> someone say it's going to be carnage. <laughs> Let there be carnage. Oh, sorry. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the fir- at the end of the first one, he does say it's going to be carnage. So I'll give you that one. Does he not even say let there be carnage? No, at the end of the first one, I'm sure he says it's going to be carnage. Terrible the name continuity. Is let- Terrible yeah. continuity. No, but let there be carnage is sort of a play on like let there be light and stuff. Anyway, but, yeah, I mean uh, the carnage anyway. was is we chatted all about <laughs> Black Ops, uh, Cold War. Uh, we talked a little bit Call about duty. video games <laughs> stuff in general, and yeah, it was good. Go check it out. Get real gaming. They use our socials, but they've got their own podcast feed on Apple Music, Spotify, all good places. So head. Over. It was such a fun episode. Yeah, it was pretty good. Pretty. Plus, you get to hear me and Sam like disagree like really hard for like the first time since Solo. Wow. Yeah. True. <laughs> true. And that, that oh god, that was a while ago. That was last lockdown. We did that. That was first lockdown. Yeah, we're in second lockdown. Yeah, hopefully the last <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> no, it's going to be like Firefly, like lockdown day 2,752. It's funny because we'll probably listen back to these episodes in like a few years, maybe, and listen back and hear about lockdown and we'll be like, wow, do you remember that? when we? Yeah, I keep saying, record. like, imagine telling our kids like in the future just there, like, oh yeah, like our adult lives started with lockdown. <laughs> scary like, stuff it's it's a mad thing like yeah. telling them about the presidential election <laughs> like 2020 is going to be a year I, know. To, I, hope, like, I hope nothing tops 2020 i want this to be Red the worst Dad, what was 2020 like <laughs> well little jimmy my grandson's gonna be called jimmy well little jimmy let me tell you about the year 2020 we've seen that new astronaut meme that's making the rounds where it's like that always has been thing mate new new meme that's that's like eight months old oh god I'm not, that I'm is not like old in the world of memes like that got stopped being used years ago anyway anyway let's move on before i embarrass myself anymore <laughs> with hair bean what have you been watching other than our main topics this week mate um other than our main topics i did think and then i've drawn a blank i've forgotten now um uh well uh i've completely forgotten now i've completely forgotten i started one today actually i'll, I'll mention this off the bat i started a netflix show called 
The Liberator? The Liberator? Oh, what? is this the Sasha Baron Cohen thing? No, no. That's, that's the film, isn't it? That's the dictator. Sorry, never mind. That's the... <laughs> this is this is a World War Two series about um, a squad called the Thunderbirds, based off a book um, of American soldiers. So you got um, African Americans, Native Americans, and um, like farmer cowboy men, all on a team called Thunderbirds on a five hundred day trek through occupied Europe. But I'll be honest with you, I had to, I couldn't start episode two because. Episode one ended up leaving me like just my eyes hurting. So mm-hmm. it was a really interesting when I started watching it. I thought it was going to be like a docu series, but it's not. It's like a normal like theatrical series, but it's all you know, sort of like self shaded. You know, almost like Borderlands. Oh yeah, yeah. Only yeah. You, it looks like you know, like the comic book pop filter that IMAX had in oh. photo booth like twenty years ago. <laughs> I that we know. dicked about with in high school. Yeah, I know. I've seen bits of this advertised. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know. I had not heard of it until I just saw it, and I was like, like the the thumbnail and stuff didn't give you any clue as it was going to look like that. So I was like, oh, it's a new like World War Two docu series. Like, I'll, I'll give it a try because I wanted something to watch in the background, and I haven't watched a new like wartime documentary in a while. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. Like, why not? And like the first scene, I was like, "Okay, this is really interesting," but it it didn't look great. <laughs> but I was like, oh, "Okay, this is interesting, though. I'll I would stick with it." By mm. the end of episode one, I was like, "Nah, can't keep up with this." Like, it just like it made my eyes hurt, and I just thought the plot was going so slow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, it wasn't great. Um. What else have I been watching? I'm sure there's been other stuff other than the main topics. Um. Something that I wanted to talk about, but it's completely left my mind other than that. So, yeah, what have you been watching? <laughs> uh, I've not. To be honest, I've carried on a little bit of um, my my walk my walk through The Walking Dead. Um, we're up to the second to last season, so we've had the uh, antagonists after Negan in uh, introduced. Okay. Um, very this is all spoilers for me now. So. Yeah, well, I'm not. I won't spoil it because it's quite current now. To be fair. Um, So I won't spoil anything, but very, very interesting take. Um, As many of you will know that Rick isn't... I won't say what happened, but he's not part of The Walking Dead anymore. Um, Andrew Lincoln walked away from it, which is all very, very public knowledge now. Um, But yeah, it was interesting how they uh, wrapped that up. and it's definitely set up stuff that's going to, I think, appear in the other series. So I'm kind of tempted to start watching the other ones. But Is I think it the Daryl and Carol show now? It is the Daryl and Carol show, yeah. <laughs> it was the Daryl, Carol, and in fact, let me not finish that sentence. <laughs> uh... Oh! Oh! <gasps> Sorry, it's the Daryl, Carol, and Michonne show right now. That's that's uh, where we're at. I feel like that was a spoiler. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm Mich- reading into what you said. No, no, I wasn't going to. I was going to say someone else. So I won't tell you who. Basically, so Crazy. spoiler alert. Okay. Where I'm uh, up would to, you Daryl, Carol, and Michonne. Would you say it's worth diving life. back into it? I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, if you like, just want something on the side because I've just been putting it in the background while I've been doing other stuff. Um, it's just been an easy watch, I guess, to an extent. And like I've said previously, I think that you find it a lot better on a second watch through where you can just binge it. 
because things happen yeah. a lot quicker and you're not having to wait week to week. So it definitely benefits from that. So I probably would I feel say like it's worth that, going back in. Yeah. I feel like the stakes are kind of lowered in it now, though. Like after the Negan arc, like that was like the climax of the show and the climax for all these characters. But like, spoiler alert for like a season from four years ago, but like, so we know Rick's not in it now, but Carl's not in it. Um, um, Oh Jesus! I'm forgetting his name. Who does Stephen New play? Um, oh, uh, Glenn. 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 Yeah. Um, he's not in it. Like a lot of like the main characters aren't in it, and like I feel like the stakes are a lot lower now. Yeah, um, I mean, at the same time with what's going on, and some of the things it suggests to that are cropping up in the new TV shows the stakes have not been higher, have never been higher kind of a thing. I mean, it's not for the group, but more around the walking dead. The world at large. Yeah, more the about world the, beyond, the world beyond, you could say. beyond, some would say. Um, <laughs> yes. But yeah, that that's pretty much where I'll leave that, because otherwise we will end up in spoiler territory for recent okay. seasons. And I might check back into it then. I'd, I'd definitely recommend it, because there's parts in the current season which are really good. Like, I don't know whether you've seen the new antagonists or like seeing any kind of promotional material I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. where they have like the executioner masks are made out of um zombie faces and stuff and like all of them are very very cool very very cool um yeah. and the whole arc and stuff it's cool i think it's just the problem is is that you grow so attached to so many characters in the first couple of seasons and i know the walking dead is key for killing people off anyway but when you don't have some of the characters that you really invested in throughout the season um yeah. i mean you know you got daryl and carol and michonne and though and that lot and people that other people that have come through um but i don't know whether it still has that own personal link to it anymore if you get me but yeah yeah that's right. what i'm sort of feeling because like the characters that i was really invested in a lot of them aren't on the show anymore so it doesn't feel like the stakes are as high because it's a lot of supporting characters that i didn't quite care as much about yeah and that's it and that's why i kind of feel like i've maybe slowed down a little with a little bit about it because of that but yeah. no, I'd still say it's good. I'd say the value is definitely up there. You know, it's a really good looking show, and I think yeah. with more stuff happening in the newer series, like um, uh, what's the what's what's it called? Fear the Walking Dead and the World Beyond. Um, mm. Although the World Beyond, I've heard, is a bit of a bumpy start to it. Um, it did look naff from the trailer. <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah, but it's. Um, if you if you want to have more of a reason to dive into those things, regardless of what you've seen in the trailers, you might get more stuff from um, the normal Walking Dead, the final couple of seasons to do that. But other than that, I've not um, I've not really watched much else apart from the main topics, just because I've been looking forward to it. Um, too much I, Call of Duty. <laughs> way too much Call of Duty. Um, other than that, there was just a couple of things that I really wanted to watch. So um, I've got currently lined up uh, White Boy Rick on Netflix to watch. Um, that's Matthew McConaughey, uh, Gunrunner, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Undercover, FBI informant, did it all at yeah, 14 years good, old that. kind of thing. That's on my list. Yep, that's on my list to watch. I literally went to watch it, but it was uh, 11 o'clock at night and I wasn't. me and my girlfriend weren't going to survive <laughs> watching that. Um, and the other yep. thing I really want to watch is James May's new cooking show on Amazon Prime. He's got a cooking show now. It's called Oh Cook. Um, uh. 
Um, I was watching the one show the other day for some crazy reason. One. And he one. was one. <laughs> What? He, was, he was on the one show talking about it, but it was just the most James May thing I've ever seen where he's just sat there and he's just like, well, we didn't know what else to do. So we thought, why not do a cooking show? And then we tried to sell it to everybody and then COVID happened and then nobody could do any cooking shows, but we'd already filmed it all. So we landed on our feet, really. <laughs> um, uh, but I like really James loved... James May yeah. just like makes me chuckle like i really liked james may our man in japan oh, i loved our um, man in japan I, I, I would love to see like a continuation of that series even more time in japan or going to other countries as well yeah like, that would be great but i think a cooking show is just like the perfect thing to james is, may. has that been on there for a while or is it new because no, i remember it's brand seeing... new it's brand new <laughs> I, have you seen the clip of james may because i think he did some cooking stuff on youtube and there's just like a really weird clip of him just going like cheese and just like dropping a big block of cheese on a counter yeah. <laughs> like there's really weird clips of james may cooking on youtube no oh, yeah no it's brand new um i loved our man in japan it was so good, was so good. Um, and all the i wanted little to robot that he had as the guide i know <laughs> all i wanted to see of him was end up in one of those um japanese love hotels that would have just been so funny <laughs> if he ended up in one of them but anyway you never know they might uh, go back covid's a thing so maybe not anytime soon but he's done a cooking show and i'm really, you know who yeah. also reminds me of james may is bill bailey i think it's something about like the old men with like long hair just being weird chuckle fucks but he's on strictly at the moment and i'm watching strictly every week oh you know what's no, interesting this is my bake-off um, bill bailey's on that and he's fucking hilarious I guess we can kind of move into news now because I've just noticed something really interesting that's like a bit of an update. Um, you know, okay. you know, last time how we spoke about Disney Plus doing the group. Um, well, it was like not last time, but the time before the group watch thing. Yeah, and we said how we wouldn't be surprised if other platforms followed suit. Yeah, and you know how we thought the last platform to follow suit would be Amazon because of their absolute abysmal home screen layout. <laughs> Are you telling me they've announced the group view? No, it's already service. a thing. Watch what? party, it's already a thing. Oh Amazon Prime, well done. They can make a group viewing platform, but they can't fix the fucking home screen. Yeah. Oh, and I've just seen the first review for this James May O'Cook, and it's uh, it's just one star, and it says, not good. <laughs> I feel like that's someone who's really not a big fan of James May. They probably were looking for like a proper professional cooking show, you know, like Chef's Table think, or something yeah, like that. I think it's because like I'm seeing people, I'm starting to feel sick and getting annoyed by the rough jump cuts and camera wobble. It's all over the place. It's like it's James May doing a cooking show. Yeah, apparently... they're clearly just not used to the style of show that is they're expecting like master chef i know that's it and it's like we're on episode two and enjoying the series but i'm really irked by may and company continue to refer to a pie they made half with chicken half with cheddar um as vegetarian <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i'm watching it for james may not the cooking to be honest but here we are uh what have you got in terms of news mate this week Okay, uh, just give me a second to pull it up. Well, while you're pulling so, it up, I'll move on to one of the stories that we both know about um, from yep. the DC camp, because there's quite a lot. It was bit. the exact one that I was about to oh, say. Oh, yep, fire on. away. 
there. Okay, so uh, while I pulled up the rest, I remembered this one. Uh, Sylvester Stallone has been announced that he is in The Suicide Squad. So uh, James Gunn revealed this on his Instagram, I believe, and then Sylvester Stallone posted a story to his Instagram as well. Um, so yeah, they worked together on Guardians 2 as well, didn't they? Um, so who who's he going to play? That hasn't been announced uh, yet, but... Ooh. I've heard a little bit about him potentially playing like the voice of Weasel or King Shark. Which would be oh my God. bizarre. Sliced he... alone King Shark would be amazing. Yeah, I've heard because the photo that you see of him, he's not like in a costume. Like James Gunn posted a photo and was like, um, today on our set was no different or something about how he always loves working with him. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know whether he's doing voice acting or whether it's like he's actually physically doing a role because I believe they've wrapped up now, haven't they? Yeah, so um I believe so the interesting thing June. was yeah, they have um so it was only just announced now. I wasn't sure if it was like it was sort of like after the fact or they had been doing ADR or whether he just posted a picture and he decided now to announce it. But it means that all of Sylvester Stallone's stuff in the film, if it's a physical cameo and he is in it in the flesh, then they were able to film all of his stuff without anything leaking or anything, without anybody finding out or anything being leaked, which A, is amazing. Um, But then also, if it is just like a voice role and stuff like that, still the fact that nothing was leaked while it was happening and he's wrapped to doing whatever he's doing now as well. Yeah. Well, the photo... um... Because I've got it here. Um, I was just pulling up his actual Instagram post. He's put, always love working with my friend at official sliced alone. Uh, our work yep. today on hashtag the suicide squad was no exception. Despite Sly being an iconic movie star, most of people don't still don't have any idea what an amazing actor this guy is. Um, I think, to be honest, yeah. like a few years ago, I wouldn't have agreed with that, but I, I would definitely agree with it now. Like, I feel like his acting's got better. He was better as a comedic actor in like the eighties and stuff. But now, like after seeing the Creed films, he is genuinely a good actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think. Um... Oh, he's also someone also asked, "Is there any other surprise actors?" And James Gunn put maybe. So we might. Yeah, see I think there's going to be quite a few cameos and stuff like that. Yeah. I think he would be a great voice for uh, for King Shark. <laughs> King Shark would be like, hey, hey, Adrian. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> someone put, oh, wow, I thought shooting was wrapped. Looking forward to it all. And all James Gunn replied saying shooting is wrapped. So when he said his work today, hmm. ADR. I have over. a feeling he's going to be the voice of King Shark. That's, that's yeah. where I'm putting my money. Yeah, Weasel doesn't seem like a good fit unless he's maybe voicing the possible villain of Starro that we've been speculating. We thought Taika Waititi might do that. But But could you imagine like Taika Waititi doing King Shark instead and Slice Alone being (gasps) Starro? What about Taika Waititi playing Weasel and then you've got um, Sly playing... But I think the heavy rumours are that is that Taika I also don't see Weasel Star. having any lines. <laughs> just like horrible noises like <laughs> Yeah, just making Weasel noises like <laughs> Like all we've seen of him is him licking a window. And looking like... absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't look like the most sentient creature in the world, does he? <laughs> no, definitely not. He looks absolutely terrifying in here. So speaking of DC news as well. Um, 
we have had news that Jared Leto is shooting scenes for Zack Snyder's Justice League, which we knew about anyway. But apparently his design is going to be very different in this. Yeah, so he's got a big different look. Um, I had a little dig into this, and apparently he's going to be looking a much more road-weary Joker after the events that that have happened already. So, hmm, I don't know whether that could mean, like, um, that Suicide Squad and um, Birds of Prey has already happened, maybe, rather than happening after Justice League. Um, uh, maybe those events all happened before, and this is like Joker post Harley uh, breakup thing. Uh, but apparently, he's going to look a lot more road weary. Uh, I mean, yeah, personally, the road weariness I'd like to see is tell me he's got to the point where he's cut his face off and put it back on because that'd be cool. <laughs> <But> <laughs> you just really want to see that new Fifty Two oh, Joker in live. That action. would suit the mood of this, like this franchise that they're doing at the moment yeah um yeah i think i think it could be between the two films because i know he did sustain quite a bit of damage in um suicide squad as well so maybe maybe he's just like proper haggard and like skin stuff like there's been versions of joker in the past where he's had sort of like melty skin as well so maybe maybe it's like burnt off some of the tattoos and that's why it looks so different (laughs) he's had to get like skin grafts from his ass yeah he's had to get like (laughs) the skin from his ass plastered on his forehead to get rid of the damage he might have tattoos (laughs) on his ass though chris you don't know he probably he probably fucking does (laughs) he probably has joker written across his ass but it's missing the o because that's his asshole (laughs) but i mean we spoke about this already and i'm i'm i think i spoke about how i was quite excited to see his Joker come back because I think it's going to yeah, be yeah. a bit of a redemption for his for his character, and I think it's going to realign people's views on on him when you take him away from things like Suicide Squad. Um, so I'm quite yeah. excited knowing what people's thoughts and reactions were to him originally. How Zack Snyder takes the approach with with this, and I think also having a director like Zack Snyder who's very very visual, um, I think's a lot a lot may may be a better choice for something like this as well not to say there's anything wrong with david ayer david ayer's great action director like fury's amazing but i think maybe Mm -hmm. jared leto as the joker falls perfectly into someone like Zack snyder's hands yeah like we said multiple times though like suicide squad was not what uh, david ayer wanted so like there could have been a good version of the Joker lost somewhere along the lines, which is what all the reports were like. All the reports before Suicide Squad came out were all about how amazing the Joker was and how it was so heavy on Joker and stuff, but nothing got used. So who knows? Um, mm. That was just a little news story anyway. The main uh, one out of the DC camp, uh, unless you've got anything else to say on that, I've got um I've got another little... No, it's... We should carry on with DC before we move on. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, the other one is uh, Bruce Loomis is on, is on the prowl again. Oh, um, back again. There's a there's apparently a word in cage the for that Bruce Loomis, mate. Got to bloody contain <laughs> mate, it, uh, mate. We've we're paying in the big bucks to get the inside information from the Pentagon directly. All right, <laughs> hacking into the mainframe, getting those Bruce Loomis. Um, apparently on the HBO Max front, they are toying around with the idea of a wonder woman 84 uh hbo max release Uh, so the newest rumors are that possibly it could come out in january or could come out a few months later but it'll release in cinemas and then maybe two weeks later also drop on hbo max 
Mm. Um, which I think that would do good to get people onto HBO Max and then they would get like an influx from Wonder Woman and then they would get an influx from Suicide Squad. I think that'd do great for the numbers for HBO Max. Yeah. Um, obviously, people in the UK, we don't have access to that. So, uh, like, we still don't know where we're going to watch Justice League yet. We're, I think the the logical one for us at the moment would probably be Amazon Prime. Um, yeah. Uh, dropping it on there because but then again justice league is on netflix isn't it we might just get it on netflix but like four to six months down the line after hbo max has it yeah um not entirely sure on that so hopefully it still gets a cinema release in the uk if we're able to get out of this second lockdown um i would definitely go to the cinema it's the same way with um black widow they are toying around with possibly a disney plus release of it if things carry on um, I've seen rumors of that possibly coming out in January and February on Disney Plus, but it's just Roos Loomers at the moment. Just all bloody Roos Loomers. <laughs> so Roos go Loomers. on then. What was it? Always has been. <laughs> <laughs> always has been. Um, well, what's your next story then? Or do you want to talk about Wonder Woman dropping on HBO Max? What do you reckon? Um, I would love to have it. I would just love to see this film already. I just really yeah. want to see it. I think playing a little bit of Black Ops Cold War and being around that era. Um, it just kind of <laughs> reminded me that we did You're on an get... 80s binge. Yeah, it just kind of reminded me that we didn't get it this year, and it's kind of sad, and I wish we did. Um, but yeah, it's one of them. It's one of them. What can you do? Uh, what else can we talk about? There's other little tidbit news stories. So um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, James Gunn has finished the script. Um, yep. WandaVision, we've got a date, premieres on the January 15th, which is good. Uh, it was previously yes. set for a December release, but January I can live with. Yeah, they didn't set a definite date in December, though. They were hoping to get it out before the end of the year. Yeah. Um, there was an announcement, just a, an address of this as well, um, that Black Panther 2 won't replace Chadwick Boseman with a digital double, promises Marvel. So that's from... Yeah, I've seen that, which I think is definitely the right move for them. Yeah, and the story I want to chat about is that um, we're, it's been a bit quiet on the Star Wars front because of Mando, um, but we have got um, Diego Luna has headed to London to start filming the Cassian Andor series. It, it's happening. Okay, excellent. So yeah. I'm guessing they're doing that in Pinewood would make sense. Yeah, I think they're probably having to do it somewhere like that so they can be COVID secure and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, although The Witcher Season 2 got shut down because of a COVID outbreak at Pinewood mm-hmm. or around London somewhere, but here we are. Um, we live in a do world... Reckon they're gonna, do you reckon they're going to do it in the same way that they've done Mandalorian with the... Uh, what's the big screen thing that they're calling now? Um, oh, I know what you mean, but I just wouldn't surprise. It wouldn't surprise me if they do, and yeah. I absolutely would want them to because it just looks incredible. Like everything, in, everything in terms of the Mandalorian looks amazing. And why would the season hell... two looks so much better? So yeah, and why the hell would you not use that tech if you can? And yeah, exactly, I, 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 I just they, they've got think... to do it. Yeah, defo. I think a place like Pinewood lends itself to it perfectly as well because like that's where they shot most of um the sequel trilogy. So they've got like huge warehouse studios where they built entire forests and stuff like that, like entire like 
internal cantinas and stuff like that. So they can do stuff like that, obviously. But then also for, like, they do on the Mandalorian, the sweeping desert escapes of Tatooine and stuff like that, they'll have a hangar right next to it, which I'm guessing there's not going to be too much shooting going on during lockdown in the UK. So they could mm-hmm. probably have the other one with the big screen set up in it so they can change between sets for whatever the filming. They could probably yeah. like get away with doing most of the season if it's a short season, like eight episodes or something. If it's uh, especially only half hour episodes like The Mandalorian, they could probably get away with doing it just inside a Pinewood. Yeah, exactly. Good point. Does that mean we can get cast as Stormtroopers this time? <laughs> that would be like a life goal for me would to just play a background stormtrooper in a star wars film and just being able you know to be what? like that was me in the background of that shot like nobody else would know and i'll just be there like i'm fucking in star wars right there to literally make it happen petition get real viewers to literally have anything anything to do with star wars would be a dream like you know what before rise of skywalker i almost signed up for an extras agency down in london just to try and hope to get on to rise of skywalker <laughs> you know what though i've heard so uh, close the cassian andor series was taking on a lot of extras as well um that they were well, you, you i were think able we should apply up. i think we fucking should apply i mean we're both above six foot put us in some stormtrooper armor you know what i'm saying I'm going to uh, look at the actual... Let's have a little look. Uh, Disney announced uh, text messages were sent out recently, which used codename Pilgrim Ref Trolley. Um, The codename of production putting the Cassian series together at Pinewood Studios. The series will primarily film at Pinewood uh, with some shooting in Southern Carolina but irrelevant to the contents below. Um, Where the the link was followed. The actor is presented a questionnaire confirming the filming date range the actor will need to have free. A COVID test will be required and a health test and then a fitting for the costume the actor will need to wear during the space spy thriller. Okay. Well. Interesting. Well. <laughs> right. Get us trending on Twitter. Get us in Stormtrooper armor. They did it for Prince William and Prince Harry, right? Like. Get us in it. We're bigger Star Wars fans, you know what I mean? We need to get on whichever... Oh, Uni Extras. There you go. There we go. Uni Extras. Everyone everyone in the world gets signed up to Uni Extras and you've got a chance of being in the... Uh, no, nobody else signed up except for us because then the competition and they've got more chance to... You know what I mean? We want to hedge our bets. None of you guys, if I see any of you listeners, any of you chuckle fucks like, signing up to Uni Extras, I'll oh, ban yeah. you from listening to the podcast. Forget you heard everything you bastards. <laughs> Cut it out the podcast, Sam. Cut it out. <laughs> you can um, you can you can join for free. I think. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we'll they'll talk probably about just take a cut out if you pay. Um, there was something else MCU related that. Oh yeah. Um, while we're on the Disney train at the moment, Chris Pratt is has been confirmed that he will cameo at least or have a part in Thor four. So. I believe Thor 4 is now coming out before Guardians 3, isn't it? Um, I think it was meant to be the other way around, but obviously with the delay because of uh, Suicide Squad, I believe Thor 4 is going to be before Guardians now. I might be wrong Uh, on that, but either way. Maybe. Um, Who knows? Shrug. Uh, So this is probably going to be sort of like Thor parting ways with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like we saw at the end of Endgame, he was traveling with them. 
so maybe we'll get the rest of the maybe we'll get the rest of them. You just sent me a link to sign up for Universal Extras. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Hold the podcast that yep. sign up to be a stormtrooper. Um, but yeah, so it'll be good that they're tying all the films together. I'm hoping we get all of the Guardians and maybe they stick around for maybe like the first act or something, or at least like a good chunk of the intro. Yeah. Well, also, we don't want to overclutter it because Thor's got his own group of friends now and it's going to be a big Jane Fonda, uh, Jane Fonda, Jane Foster story. <laughs> Jane Fonda. The actress Jane Fonda. The this actress. film will be a massive Jane Fondus. Fondus? <laughs> Where did you get Fondus from? I said Jane Fonda. <laughs> oh, right. I don't know. It sounded funny. The actress Jane Fonda. Um, yeah. Anyway, Chris Pat's going to be in it. What's the next news story? <laughs> Uh, I think I'm think I'm out. That's it. You think you're out? Um, I spoke to you in the week. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it was on last week's episode where we talked about One Division, but we've had a lot more talk about the introduction of mutants and stuff of in One Division. Um, I actually saw a statement today from Kevin Feige that said, um, if you've watched every marvel property leading up to wonder vision there's going to be a hell of a lot of little background information tying things together and stuff so that'll be quite interesting that'll be a nice easter egg hunt for us to do every week once we finish with manda yep Uh, any more big news i've got no trailers oh you got no trailers not been any trailers this week got no trailers nothing there there was one came uh... out but i haven't watched it yet apparently it's uh, emily blunt doing a god-awful irish accent one of my irish friends said it's the worst irish accent she said ever seen in a film even worse than tom cruise in far and away well i mean that's the review of that trailer then (laughs) that's the (laughs) trailer this is tom cruise in that film tell me you like my heart Tell me you like my heart. And she's saying it's worse than that, so Jesus Christ. Wow. Okay, very good. Um, yeah, I'm just checking. I think the last thing we covered <laughs> off was jujitsu, And it's been a new... Uh, what the hell is that guy's name? Bruce Willis film. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen? Uh, Bruce. Yeah, no, yeah. I saw, I saw these trailers. I was like, they don't look like anything worth talking about. Yeah, um, no, okay. We've been well, too busy this week. Um, yeah. Should we get on to the main topic then? I think we should bloody get on to the main uh, topic. Only half an hour in, Sam. Like, only half an hour in. We're on. We're doing we're well a, today. We're on a bloody Speed roll. Run. Bloody roll this, this week, week, mate. We've, should we do. We've kept the momentum from the Get Real Gaming podcast. Also, check us out Get Real Gaming. It comes out on Spider Verse or Mando first? What do you want to talk about? Ooh. Should we cover Mando off quickly? Yeah, let's do Mando. Because we do Mando every week, so let's cover it off quickly. Good so this off. is episode three of this the new heiress. season. The heiress. Now, when this came on, when you saw the title of this episode, by the way, full spoilers for The Mandalorian season two. two. Um, but yeah, when you saw this, did you know exactly who you were going to see? Uh, I had a feeling. Um, we said that we were probably going to get maybe Sabine and Bo-Katan this episode because that's where he was going was to find more Mandalorians, didn't we? Um, As soon as it was called the heiress, I was like, that's got to be Bo-Katan because she's the one in line to take over Mandalore. Yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought this was a really cool episode. I loved the intro as well. And Bryce Dallas Howard directed this episode and she's confirmed that it was homage to her dad's film. So Ron Howard did 
uh, Apollo 13, and you know when yeah. they crash into the planet, it is like a shot-for-shot remake of Apollo 13, which is a really nice homage to her, her dad's film. I thought oh, that was that's great. awesome. That's awesome. Um, um, I would say, for me, this was the best episode of The Mandalorian so far. Oof. I mean, I would go as far to it, say, and there's a, there's many reasons why, uh, which I will go on to explain and back up. But for me, this was the best episode of the Mandalorian. I think I think the best episode episode is probably like the last one from season one. But I think this one for fans was such a good episode. Like like bringing back in the Mandalorians, bringing Bo-Katan into live action and stuff like that. I think. This was like such an enjoyable episode to watch. I would think it is it is definitely one of the best episodes. They brought quite a lot into live action with this in terms of like the name drops and the mentions and just things that we saw. Um obviously this, this is full spoilers, so if you you've got to have listened to the episode and to, to really listen to this now. But we've got mention of obviously we saw Bo Katan and other Mandalorians, uh, which obviously yes. confirms and brings and by the way um, although that was the actress that voiced her, she absolutely looked the part in this. Looked, Katie Sackhoff, yeah, amazing, amazing, so perfect. The scar on like above the eyebrow, just everything was perfect about it. Um, you got I men- think the Mandalorian designs in this episode worked so well. Like they looked pristine. Like I don't, I don't know how they made the armor look that good in motion as well. Like the fight scenes that they had, they just looked incredible. Oh man, like the, man- the Mandalorians. That sequence of them. Yeah, the Mandalorians of walking down the hallway with the music. It's That's the what kind I was about of, to say. Yeah, it's the kind of thing you only dream of seeing in live action. Um, like, oh. I just want a full season of a squad of Mandalorians. So like, good. I want to see them team up so much more in this season. Yeah, like, just so awesome. Like, just how they just rinse through the Stormtroopers. They just absolutely rinse through it and yes, i liked yeah. how they were like bo katan and a crew obviously we find out their actual true mandalorian where um uh dinjarin is actually f- adopted by the death watch which i was like oh, he's yeah. at- oh man like that's such yeah, an zealots. interesting choice yeah. such an interesting choice because if you've seen the clone wars and rebels and you know the death watch are bad news Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's... I thought that was really interesting. Like, so she was like, "Yeah, your way is like the old way, but it's like it's almost sort of like the Stone Age version of Mandalorians. Like, she is the new breed of Mandalorian. She is the true heir of this version of Mandalore." But it'd be so good if he then like goes on to like find out like, oh, what is the watch then? And you know what I mean? Like, starts mm. to find out more about that. That would be really cool to see. Do you reckon that could lead? to him leaving his version of the Mandalorians, like leaving the watch and joining Bo-Katan, and then we could see maybe more of him without his helmet on. Yeah, that's what Pedro Pascal in a future series. That's what I think it's alluding to, because you don't kind of address that to then him not dig into that and then find out and then want to then um, unveil more, you know, and get more of actual Pedro Pascal going on. Yeah, Um, get your money's worth out of him, get that face. Yeah, it's a perfect setup to be able to do that. It's perfect for that. Um, so we also got your your favorite name to say, Giancarlo Esposito. Giancarlo Esposito. 
Uh, we got him back for the first time in this season, uh, yep. basically telling his men to fucking kill themselves and crash the plane, which was fucking gnarly. Um, but yeah, Bo-Katan is on the warpath searching for the Darksaber to take back, because obviously whoever rules uh, owns the Darksaber rules Mandalore. Mm. Oh, that's going to lead to some cool conflict. Yeah, I am literally We're so definitely stoked. getting a fight between those two. I am just so ridiculously stoked. Like, please just give it to me now. Like, this has got me so, so hyped for the rest of this season. Like, yeah. the fact that we're only on episode three and he's see you know he's met with Bo-Katan and he's on the way now to meet Ahsoka and we presume I think we're getting Sabine. Ahsoka next episode. Oh, it'd be so good. I what I wouldn't want them to do is I wouldn't want them to have like a bit of a filler happen. I'd like them to just go straight to it because I want it to start kicking into overdrive now. Um, so what I need to check as well because you just mentioned. Oh, I just found some more news that I forgot about. Oh, well. <laughs> DC News, lol. Um, IMDB, because, like you said, like he might meet um, uh, Sabine, but I'm sure the woman that looks at him th- from, like, in the shadows, was that not the woman that was teamed up with Bo-Katan later on? Because they look incredibly similar. Uh, similar. Yeah, it's the same person. Yeah, but she wasn't drop- name-dropped in that episode as being... Sabine, was she? No, she wasn't. She was just part of um part of Bo-Katan's crew. Yeah. So she was the you had two, didn't you? You had the guy, um, and then you had the 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 woman as well with him. And that was Yeah, neither of them were name dropped, but that was the actress, wasn't it, that we thought was playing Well that's who we suspected. Thingy. I think that's who they were kind of like um setting up for it's got a 9.1 on a imdb last episode had 7.9 i think people thought that maybe was a bit of a bottle episode maybe yeah i think people thought it was a tad tad filler maybe um and i think that there was a lot of talk about that um and i think that's kind of divided people a little bit on that episode um interesting little fact uh d bradley baker was the voice of the Frog Lady and Frogman. Didn't play physically, but actually did the voices. And he, D. Bradley Baker, is... Do you know who he is, Chris? Oh, yeah, he does uh, voice acting for loads of stuff. Um, uh, I'm opening up his IMDb. He know he's in Jab- SpongeBob and stuff. Yep, Jabba the Hutt. He's done there loads of stuff in Clone Wars. He's either the guy who does all the um clone all troopers. the clone troopers or he's the guy who does uh obi-wan but i think he's the guy who does all the clone he, troopers. he's the clone troopers yeah 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 he is yeah um, i'm just best. looking through his imdb i always recognize his face and his name but then i struggle to remember what voices he does but yeah he, he did all the all the troopers and rex and all them yeah it's cool um also it he's literally like one of the highest like biggest working voice actors in all of Western animation. He literally does everything. He played Daffy Duck in Space Jam. Daffy Duck in Space Jam? Yeah. He played Daffy Duck in... (laughs) 
<laughs> Sam. Amazing. Amazing. Um, okay, Sasha so Banks was the wrestler. Um, she played Costa Reeves. Um, that was literally what I was about to say. <laughs> Took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Yeah, Cosca yeah. Reeves, who was just one of the other Mandalorians. Um, but another casting that was really good in this, because I really liked the cast, um, that Titus Welliver, um, yeah. who's been in, you know, been in a fair bit of stuff. Like, um, he always plays like the mean military man or like the mean fucking um, bounty hunter or something. He's in town, uh, Argo, Transformers. He's done some stuff for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, yeah, he's been in suits. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's I like him. He's literally just like the stern face guy. <laughs> Sons of Anarchy. He does a lot of TV. Yeah, definitely. But it's all like big TV. It's not like crap TV. No, yeah, I like him. Uh, he's a uh, very good as an imperial officer. Gotta say. Yeah, yeah, he's just got that presence. He always plays the same sort of character and everything, just because he has the presence to pull it off. Yeah, yeah, stern face. Kill your soldiers. Uh, I like yeah, how. The, anything else? Um, I really loved the introduction of the. Um, ah, what are they called? Not the the Quarren. You got a good look at the Quarren. Oh yeah, this yeah, time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is really cool. Which is the other. You've got the Mon Calamari, which are the um, Admiral Akbar looking types, and then you've got the Quarren as well. Now, that's yeah, actually the quite the squid. Yeah, now what's actually quite interesting in the um, Star Wars canon is those two races like don't get along, but they just stay out of each other's way. So it's almost quite interesting when you see that Mon Calamari in the bar tip um, uh, the Mando off to ask them for help. Um, yeah. It's almost like maybe they're, it's to keep them out of trouble and stuff. So uh, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed that. I and- think it's interesting as well that they both ended up on this planet as well. So this isn't their home planet of Mon Cala. So it's interesting that both of these races have inhabited another, like what we can tell at the moment is like an ocean planet as well. Um, yeah. So whether they've, they're like native to this planet now because they've come here and bred that much or loads of them are flocked here to work type thing that'll be interesting mm. to find out like what the dynamic is on that island a bit more that i got island, a lot that planet i got a lot of um prequel vibes from this as well like the crane walker that lifts um the uh, razor crest out the water after it crashes um yeah that like was such a little thing but it's just so star wars just little things like that and the big yeah. empire ship when it was taken off um, the way you see it as though like you're watching a jet plane take off um, was just it's just big prequel vibes and just big Star yeah. Wars vibes it's nice it's nice seeing like the flow of technology as well like they definitely like like you said that walker it definitely had the same legs as a classic 8080 and stuff like that so it's it's really cool to see yeah it's just really like cool how to you see, see the evolution of technology and the vehicles yeah, you know when we talk about, I think when we spoke about the prequels and we spoke about um, the sequel trilogy, how we would have loved to have seen, or how I would have loved to have seen stuff from the pre, uh, not the prequel, the the regular trilogy, the original trilogy, the original trilogy, um, updated with like modern day graphics, and The Mandalorian is really scratching that itch for me. Yeah, just, like you had the ATST in season one as well. Yeah, just visually amazing stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got my uh, baby Yoda mug right here. For <laughs> listeners of the pod, I uh, 
Right, the fact that they've started like making him vocal as well now, Baby Yoda, and like he's just got the sounds of like a little toddler. He just melts my heart every time he's on screen. Now he's and getting I, yeah. cuter somehow. And I love the humor points, like the "don't play with your food" joke, and <laughs> when it's just a big squid sucking onto his face. I know, and there's lots of alien vibes in this. Of that, I had like face hugger vibes when that yeah, um, yeah, yeah. last one was coming down to get him. Yeah, definitely. So, um, what do you? I'm excited th- for next episode because we're getting the cast from season one back as well. So we're getting Gina Sereno as Kyra June and Carl Weathers back again. So do you and reckon I think we're the actually blue guy get, from episode one? Do you reckon we're going to get any Ahsoka next episode then, or do you reckon they're going to split it up and kind of spread the pacing um, out a bit? Well, if it's only eight episodes, there was only eight episodes in season one, wasn't there? So next episode is going to be the halfway point of the season. They can't really draw it out much more, I don't think. So we're going to get, I think, Ahsoka next episode, even if it's at the end. Maybe this is like him having to uh, regroup with his allies in order to find or battle his way to Ahsoka. Um, mm-hmm. And then the second half is going to be Ahsoka helping him reunite the child with his race while also being tied in with the Mandalorians um, getting the Darksaber back. Mm-hmm. So cool. I think with how many episodes are left, I think they definitely need to like start to pick up the pace and get to the to the next climax, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's only eight episodes, so... I love like the stakes that it's building up now. Like You've got the Bo- Bo-Katan and now you've got Din Djarin being part of the Death... Well, being brought up by the Death Watch and then you've got the original crew, and then you've got Giancarlo Esposito's character. It's like it's all, and then you've got Ahsoka. You've got like you've got all these things starting to like, um, like start to link together. And you know, I don't know whether you know, but where Rebels leaves off is you've got Sabine and Ahsoka are like teaming to get like they're together. So yeah. what I think is probably going to happen for these next few episodes is you're probably going to have like a link and potentially I wouldn't be surprised if that baby Yoda is is really relevant more relevant than what we think because what you've got is you've got things like you've got Ahsoka and Sabine that are that are a unit at the minute they're looking for Ezra from Rebels yeah so there is a chance that Ezra could appear if we well, follow. Well, I was just about to say, I feel like this is going to tie in all the post-Order 66 Jedi back together. Or do you reckon this is going to set up an Ahsoka-Sabine spin-off series? Oh my god, I would love it. Which maybe then continues on an arc with the baby Yoda, maybe, I don't know. And what if that touches on... I know it's I know it's controversial, but what if it touches on world between worlds? I've seen a lot of memes of people saying that they're just going to throw your baby odor into the world between worlds. And oh, that's something we were going to talk about as well. Were you saying world between worlds was the Lego holiday special? I still haven't watched the trailer. For oh, it. you should do. We'll talk about it next week. <laughs> <laughs> Keep pushing it back every week. Keep pushing it's getting it closer to the holiday season. Yeah, maybe we can just review um, it instead. Um, yeah, we definitely will. Um, yeah, I reckon it might lead to a connection between, like, all the post-66 
Jedi. So you've got uh, Ahsoka Tana out there. You've uh, could bring in, like you said, bring back Ezra. We got the child that's force sensitive, and we know that Ezra and Kanan, and then uh, Cal. Uh, Cal Kester was it from Fallen Order? Cal Kestis. Yeah, um, he's obviously trying to find the next generation of Jedi and bring them all back together. So if you link all of these groups together, that could lead to an interesting series. Um, mm, very much so. Yeah. I reckon that might be where they're bringing those stories because they seem like they're using the Mandalorian to sort of like tail off like loose threads that we've got at the moment. Like you said, bringing back Asona and Sabine with what they were doing at the end of Rebels and stuff. Yeah, speculation station is a go right now. Mm, we'll yeah. see. The answers will be answered. The questions we have will be answered pretty soon, which is exciting. I think exciting. it's time. I think it's time for the next topic of conversation in this episode. <laughs> now, you're probably wondering why we've chose to talk about Spider-Verse this week. Um, <laughs> into the Spider-Verse. Uh, the reason is, is because the PS5 launched alongside Miles Morales and there's been a lot of uh, talk around Spider-Man and Spider-Man 3 coming out and lots of business with that filming. So we thought, why not talk about our favourite animated Star Wars... Star Wars? Spider-Man <laughs> film. Uh, and it's also just dropped on Netflix in the UK as well, hasn't it? Yes, so yeah, we're so, chatting into the Spider Verse now. I didn't have it's one of the best films of last year, and we didn't get to talk about it on the podcast because we yeah. didn't start the podcast then. And I think we both went to the cinema and watched it on our own. We didn't did. We? <laughs> no, I, I I took the missus to see it. Oh well, I, I just went on it. my own because I was sad. There was me and one of the guy watching it on our. We were both on our own watching it in the uh, in the cinema. I think I think I was there on launch day. Like my cinema was packed. You had like loads of like families going to see it and like the kids were loving it, so that was a nice moment. I think I did just go watch it in the middle of the day on a weekday. So uh <laughs> That'll be why. I went yeah. like prime time Saturday afternoon. Yeah, nice. Um <laughs> Yeah, love this film. It's so good. I did manage to finish my full rewatch on it, but uh um, uh, see I watched it today. Watched yeah. it today. Uh, but yeah, oh man, so good, Spider-Verse. Such a good film. So, so quick overview of the plot. It's a year old now, so spoilers are out the window. Um, we are introduced to a version of Spider-Man, a version of Spider-Man that most of us know and love. Uh, unfortunately, though, he ends up passing away. But at the same time, Miles Morales has uh, got super uh, Superman, Spider-Man powers. He got bit by the radioactive spider so he takes on the mantle of Spider-Man as a tear in the dimensions happens and then you get all these other Spider-Men and women coming in from multiple different universes and they have to team up together to stop Kingpin from basically opening a tear in the space-time continuum between all the things. And it's a nice little nice little journey of self-discovery and self-belief and everything, Miles Morales becoming the Spider-Man. Like you hear... Um, Stan Lee say in the film, it's like the mask will always fit eventually. It's like powerful film. It's got a strong message out there, especially for kids. Yeah, defo. Um, and I, I've got a couple of questions that I think you might be able to answer. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, the first question is: This is the only film that I've watched, like comic book film, 
which at the beginning says that it was approved by the Comics Code Authority. Yeah. What does that so, mean? So, do you know... Okay, so the Comics Code Authority came around in, I want to say the 70s or the early 80s. So basically, comic books before then, they were just doing anything and they were putting it out there. And then somebody in America decided to be like, comic books are ruining kids, like they're full of graphic violence and everything like that. They're making our kids into killers and drug addicts and everything like this. Um, I basically got all the angry mums into an outrage um and he was basically bringing up like a lawsuit against all the comic book manufacturers so after that they created the comics code authority which basically regulated it so they basically put age gates on stuff so they basically you know like um an age rating on a film they basically did that like there was comic books for adults and like they were sealed off and you couldn't sell them to kids and stuff like that and then you had the stuff that was accepted by the Comics Code Authority and they could be sold anywhere to anybody. Um, so it's basically they were just checking that everything was suitable for a kid to read. Um, right, so this cool. was a nice little tie back to that. Like the Comics Code Authority isn't in effect anymore. Um, obviously, like companies still try and target what they're putting out to certain things. Like DC have got the Black Label and Marvel and Marvel Knights and stuff like that, which were aimed towards an older audience and they didn't like push that to younger audiences at all, like trying to still keep in line with it. But the Comics Code Authority isn't really doing anything, but it was it was basically a nice way that at the beginning of the film it's like this is acceptable for all ages. Like it's gonna be a wholesome story. It's gonna like touch on some things. Obviously we had the death of uh Spider Man, um, which was quite an emotional moment of the film, but it's still gonna be appropriate for all kids and it felt like a nice callback as well because lots of things in this film were callbacks to, like, especially the visual arts of early Spider-Man comic books. Like, yeah, you had the thank you at the end of it to Stanley and Steve Ditko, the creators of Spider-Man. Uh, sadly, they have both passed away. Um, so, yeah, uh, it, it was a nice, like, callback to the golden age of, like, Spider-Man and stuff. Okay, that's pretty cool. I had no idea. Uh, the other question is... Um... How would you react if you got bit by a spider that has bright blue glowing legs? Would you just flick it off the back of your hand or would you maybe freak out? Um, I'd probably freak out because it looked like it hurt like a son of a bitch. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think because it was like a, such a stylized world that might have just looked like a normal spider to him and he was like, ah, fuck off out of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know you definitely would have freaked out because you hate spiders. I think as soon as the spider touches me, that's when I freak out. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine absolutely. with them. They can do whatever the fuck they want until they touch me and then that fucker is dying. <laughs> so I, I definitely would have like smacked the fuck out of that spider and once they hit the ground, I probably would have stood on it. Amazing. <laughs> But, I mean, uh, if I see a glowy spider coming towards me, as long as I know it's not going to kill me, I'd probably let it bite me and try and get Spider-Man powers. Just saying. <laughs> just take a chance. Why not? It might poison you and kill you, but I'd take the chance. I'll try and be like, yo, is this thing going to kill me? If not, yeah, go on, have a nibble. I can literally imagine you talking to the spider being like, yo. <laughs> No, I meant like talking to whoever brought the spider. <laughs> are you going to hurt me? Or are you going to give me superpowers, yo? <laughs> Honestly, if I could do anything to try and get superpowers, I will. <laughs> I know it's definitely not going to happen, but you never know. There's, there's always a first. You never know. It's the first know. time for everything. Um, 
the style of this is sick like i love the animation style it kind of reminds me of like a really upscaled telltale game a little bit like right at the beginning anyway i think as you start to move into like the action and you you start to see more backdrops and stuff you get less of that um yeah i think it's it's the the layering of 3d and 2d animation that gives it that sort of style that you're talking about mm-hmm um and i love the little um every now and then like when there's like a movement or an action you'll see like a little tiny animation like a little like little lines or just something to give that whatever happened just a little bit of movement yeah Um, like everything in this film is constantly moving it's constantly like animated like the layers of the animation in this film are just phenomenal like it's above and beyond what we see coming out of like all the gene works like animation and stuff like that. Like it's something it's an art style that we've never seen on the big screen before. And it's one that is so diverse because you got all the different art sizes of all the different universes coming together as well. I think it works phenomenally and it's just like a credit. Like this is an artist wet dream, this film. Yeah. It's literally so good. Uh, I think every sentence I talk about Spider-Verse is going to open being like, it's so good. Um, <laughs> The, the the jokes in it really landed like i remember watching this in the cinema and i reacted the same way on my second watch like the whole shoulder touch thing that um yeah. his uncle Aaron tells him to do where it's like hey hey <laughs> and he does it to uh gwen and it's just like so funny and the whole yeah. the whole bit of where he's turning into like he's getting his powers and stuff is just like such a funny take on um the the spider-man it origins as well um yeah 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 like when he's slamming into the windows and stuff like that yeah i love the whole like how it starts off being like an i'm the only spider-man and it's like running through his origin like dead quick and then it like goes back and it's like right let's take this from the top again and it's yeah i love that i just love the way the way it it follows that trend all the way through it doesn't treat any of its viewers as being stupid. Like, even though it's aimed towards kids, it doesn't treat them like stupid kids. You know what I mean? It gives them the respect that they deserve, which I think is also what the journey of Miles Morales is, is mm-hmm. the other Spider-Men and women giving him the respect that he deserves and finding the respect and, like, the power inside of himself. I think that's what it's doing for the younger audience as well. Like, it never treats them as stupid at any point in the film. Yeah. Did you reckon that when Gwen says that her name's actually one like she goes uh wanda gwanda <laughs> do you reckon that's like a little nod to scarlet witch maybe being i think so yeah because there's so many nods in this like everything's intentional in this film yeah yeah literally um right i just wanted to talk quickly before we talk on to the spider-men that we get in this film uh yeah. spider people should i say um <laughs> i wanted to chat about the villains first because this oh, okay. is absolutely rampacked full of villains yeah. um what did what was your take on like the green goblin and the scorpion and the tombstone and the kingpin the dock arc what was uh the prowler uh what was your take on all that so the only one that really surprised me was doc ock because i don't think i've seen her version of doc ock in the comic books anywhere but like say the green goblin was based off the ultimate green goblin yeah uh, and stuff like that so it was a massive departure from like if you've never seen any of the ultimate comic books and stuff uh which is where miles morales came from anyway um 
then you probably wouldn't have been expecting a giant green monster like like a huge fucking size of a building monster um but i wasn't too surprised by it um but i think it was a cool like i love the way they took this opportunity where they could literally do whatever they wanted to do whatever they want they had the female version of doc hawk uh they had this version of scorpion where he literally looks like a scorpion he's got the like he's not just like a guy with a tail on a suit like this guy has got six legs he's got claws and a tail and stuff and we had the giant green goblin and stuff uh like kingpin just being an absolute brick shit house <laughs> yeah i thought it i thought it was great like they literally every opportunity they could take to do something they did something with it yeah i like how especially with kingpin i like how they took those characters features and just times them by a hundred super stylized um, yeah that's it it's like kingpin is built like a brick shit house so why not just make him just physically huge instead and yeah. you know, put the ultimate version of the Green Goblin in, but kind of make him look a little bit more gobliny rather than um you know, still give him like the pointy purple hat and the nose and stuff rather than yeah. making him look like a demon like he does in the ultimate version. Um Tombstone was pretty much Tombstone in this. Um kind of not not much different. Uh, I like the Scorpion. Um Prowler, obviously is a big villain for Miles Morales being his uncle. But mm-hmm. I really liked how the music theme for Prowler was like that wah, that yeah. like sound that was just awesome. Just you And knew. I love the way that that comes back in What's Up Danger as well. So it's like he's learned from like the passing of his uncle and stuff like that. Like that was a huge moment of him and how it helped hit Miles become Mal- uh, Miles. Mm, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed the villains. Um, I watched up until they have... I watched up until the passing of Prowler. Okay. Um, so that's where I watched up to. Um, I couldn't... I can kind of remember what else happens. Um, so um, at that point, they go to the banquet. They meet Mary Jane. And that version of the older Spider-Man has obviously is emotional awakening in the film and then underneath that is the lab in which they have the fight against all the villains and kingpin at the end where they send all the spider-men back through the uh through the pool oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh do they mm. um, they do <laughs> <laughs> spoilers um what's your take on the spider men and women we get I love them. I I love the way. So this was what I was going to say, ta- uh, tailing on from the villains. I think all like the comic booky characters in this, so the heroes and the villains, like they all have amazing design and they all stand in their own different design format as well. Um, like they all have such distinctive silhouettes and they all move in distinctive ways. I think they work so well. The differentiated so great. I think Nicholas Cage's Spider-Man Noir was a hilarious addition. Yeah. Um, I want to see more of that version of Spider Gwen. Yeah, I yeah. think, I think Peter Parker and Penny Parker were sort of like left by the wayside almost a bit with Spider Man Noir. I think I remember Spider Man Noir a little bit more just because it's Nicolas Cage and it's funny seeing a guy in black and white. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I loved the Jake Johnson version of Spider Man um, being an older, grizzled version of him, and like 
having this brand new Spider-Man in Miles Morales teaching him lessons as much as he's teaching him, which is really nice. Um, and yeah, I'm right I think they all say- work super well. I'm right in saying that the Chris Pine Spider-Man, was he the like the prime Spider-Man? Yeah, the one that passes away, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, what did you think of the different versions? Which one would you like to see more of? Uh, I really liked, like you said, I really liked the um, Penny Parker, the anime gal. Um, I'd really just like to see the Spider-Gwen again and see yeah, the, ori- like, saying, yeah. the original Spider-Man, Miles, um, because we know Spider-Verse 2 is happening. I know they teased in the intro video a lot of like the trailer that we got, sorry, the announcement trailer. They teased a couple of the different spider-mens um, yeah so the post credits has spider-man 2099 voiced by oscar isaac uh going uh through the multiverse so he goes to the 60s uh spider-man show yeah and that's where they're like pointing at each other and <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 so I, i'm trying to remember what the other versions we saw in the teaser were um I'm forgetting now. Uh, I think we saw like a British flag in there, maybe. So either um, Spider, the British version of Spider Man, or the Spider Punk version, maybe. Um, I'm completely forgotten what we saw in the teaser now. It's been that long ago since that teaser came out. Um, yeah, it was actually quite a while ago. To be fair, who would you like to be the villain in the sequel? Ooh, who do you put in? Um, I mean, it'd be cool to see a Venom in anime form because i reckon that they would in animation sorry because i reckon they would go really a like a different venom from the different multiverses yeah like a venom a carnage maybe you put them all together and have them from the different multiverses maybe the symbiote villains maybe yeah 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 um, you... hmm. i think the first spider-verse comic book that i remember happening um this was probably back in 2010, maybe? Maybe a bit after that? Um, whenever the Marvel Now rebrand was. No, that was after that because I was working. Uh, it's probably like 2014. Um, we had a new group of villains introduced, which who they were spider hunters, so they travelled the multiverse, hunting down and killing different spider people from the multiverse. So that might yeah. be interesting. That'd be um, cool. Maybe like that might the be why going through the multiverse. Yeah, maybe. Well, we've spoken about that with the MCU as well, haven't we? Yeah. I think if they bring in these like these co- uh, characters from the comic books, so they're almost like vampiric sort of character looking things, but they're mm. like they're like classic, like you know, like big game hunters type thing. Um, I don't yeah. know. That that'd be an interesting take, and so maybe we see Miles and then not having to travel through the multiverse instead of it all coming to Miles. What about um, maybe you could see like Mysterio? I, I think Mysterio would be really cool in the animated, like an animated Mysterio because yeah. you could really go like balls to the wall on it. Maybe uh, we get more of a Sinister Six there, maybe. Maybe you get Morbius. Yeah, maybe we get a Sinister Six times six, so you get six different versions of the Sinister Six through the multiverse. Oh my god, <laughs> that'd be amazing! So then, like, you could have like different fights where it's like 
one version of Spider-Man is having to go up against like six different versions of Venom and then a different Spider-Man. Like you've got six Spider-Men and then you've got like 36 villains. <laughs> and each one's like going up against like six different versions of Rhino, one of them being the Paul Giamatti in the mech suit. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see nods to that. I'd love to see nods one, to it. One being like the 90s version where it's just a fucking massive guy with his face cut out of a Rhino costume. <laughs> you know what I would love to see? I would love to see Spider Into the Spider Verse two touch upon things that happened in the MCU and cross into that multiverse. Maybe yeah, crossover with the Spider Man three live action film because <sighs> they've got all that. You know, they they can they can do it. You can do it. Yeah, um, I think it would be cool. Um, I f- I forgot what I was going to say when you said that. Um, carry on. Say whatever you were saying. Uh no, that was kind of it. That's what I'd like to see from um, the next Spider Verse. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Maybe like crossing over with the Spider Man that we saw in the '90s cartoon as well. Maybe yeah. if they're bringing back some of the older versions, so like the '60s cartoon, the '80s cartoon, maybe bring back the '90s one that we grew up with, with that rad theme tune. So that's got all those characters in there as well. You got Venom, you got Morbius, you got all of them in there. It's just a shame that we're going to have to wait till October 2022 for the next Into the Spider-Verse film. <sighs> Madam Web in there. She could like tie together the... <gasps> they did a oh, multiverse story. They did a multiverse story in that one. I just he's remembered. Madam Web like brought all the Spider-People through. And then you got like Ben Riley Spider-Man and stuff like that. Oh my God. But the thing is, is we <laughs> by the time that this comes out, we would have had... Um, Madness, multiverse of madness. We would have had the next Spider-Man film, I think. Um, uh, yeah, that's due to come out next year. Yeah, so we may have some more hints and nods. Maybe, oh, what if we get as part of the multiverse of madness or the next Spider-Man film? What if we get a nod to Miles Morales there? Well, we already have in. Um, oh, we have. Yeah, we've got the Donald Glover played Aaron Davis. Uh, Aaron Davis. Yeah, and he mentioned his nephew Miles. So is is Aaron Davis? Because this was a question that I had. Because is has he always is he always the Prowler? Is he like no matter what multiverse you go to, is he the Prowler? Um, I'm not entirely sure. He is in the versions that I've seen. Um. I didn't know whether that was because of the multiverse that that happened. Oh no, it couldn't have been because the Prowler was in the uh, fighting Spider-Man in the big tunnel. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, he was yeah. in the Prime Universe. Yeah, yeah, that would have. Would you? Oof, what would you do seeing Donald Glover come back as a villain and playing the Prowler? I'd fucking love it. <laughs> so he was like, he was the one that was like leading the way to play Miles Morales all the way through, and then obviously he aged out of the role. Um, he voiced him in the animated versions. He's been like campaigning since like 2006 to play Spider-Man because Spider-Man's his favorite hero, and he was in acting. So, um, I would love to see him have a bigger role in the MCU rather than just two short scenes in Homecoming. Yeah, I think once they further the Miles Morales character, which there are rumors of happening in the future Spider-Man film. Obviously, we we've spoke ourselves about. Maybe Tom Holland taking on that mentor mentor role and passing on like he moves on to like the Avengers and then we have an introduction of Miles Morales in like the Young Avengers. 
mm. which is also being set up. Uh, that would be really cool. And then bringing back Donald Glover in that, because Donald Glover is a fantastic actor. Um, bringing him back to give, obviously, the emotional through line for the Miles character from there. I think maybe they've just got him in the back pocket waiting for them to introduce Miles and then bring back Donald Glover. Yeah, that'd be cool. Be cool. Um, I think that kind of wraps us up, mate. I, th- I don't think we have a single bad thing to say about Spider-Verse or Mando. No. Uh, so two no. pretty good watches this week. Uh, make sure you go check out the um, episode of the Get Real Gaming podcast that comes out on Wednesday, um, where we chat about Call of Duty, Cold War, and some other video game stuff. Um, uh, yeah. We are still also taking donations for our Movember campaign. Yes, um, I've made my page. I just haven't pushed it anywhere. <laughs> I no, forgot. Um, you I've can made go ahead, my page on there. You go ahead and search the Get Real team on there. Me and Chris are both on there. Um, unfortunately, we haven't raised anything as of yet, but you know we're doing a cause. I've grown a mustache. Let's uh, raise a bit of awareness and yeah. save a bro. Um, make sure you check out the Get Real podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Get Real Pod. Uh, you can email us if you're old school like that. Uh, Get Real Pod UK at gmail dot com. Uh, Chris, where can people find and support the podcast? So you can find us on every major podcast distributor. Uh, if you want to leave us a rate or review on there, that's amazing. Thank you. Follow us on Spotify. That's amazing. Uh, get us up through the rankings on iTunes. That is amazing. Um, Go to Podchaser if you leave a rate and review on that. It'll syndicate it to all the other podcast networks that accept rates and reviews. Um, share us to a friend. That's the best thing you can do. Just share us on your Instagram. Share us to one person. Share us to two per- uh, persons, <laughs> peoples, <laughs> peoples. Spider-peoples. Um, yeah, spider-peoples from the multiverse. Share us to a different universe if you want. Um, <laughs> send our podcast on a recording on a USB in a... <laughs> capsule and fire it out into space so an alien race finds it love it um yeah that's the best thing you could do is to share us about and that'll help us grow it'll help get real gaming boys grow as well uh i'm lo- noticing like the numbers of us are going up with them same thing that i said on their podcast about a different thing but it's a good analogy for this week a rising tide lifts all ships so you know if you support them it supports us if you if they support us it supports them everything like that it's great so yeah um, let us know what you want us to cover in future episodes because it is going a bit dry again <laughs> until obviously we've got Mando every week so we'll just be talking about Mando every week mm-hmm. but yeah thanks for listening guys like yeah. we said check out Get Real Gaming it was a doozy of an episode it's a long <laughs> one this is a fairly short episode for us so if you want more of us listen to them in two days time from when this comes out on Wednesday every Wednesday we're every Monday cool right yeah. um, cheers for listening again everyone take care stay safe and we'll catch you next week bye bye